Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Today we're going to be talking about forgiveness and forbearing, two words that are connected with the One Another series. You know, there are various places in the New Testament where it's really expounding on the idea that David talked about last weekend, love one another, Jesus' command for us to love one another. And then there are a lot of ways we do that, like, like it's a commentary, it's an, it's, it's an expansion of what does it mean to love one another. And today we're going to talk about bearing with one another and forgiving. And so forbearance and forgiving are the two terms that Paul uses in Colossians that we want to really dive into. So I'm going to encourage you to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 12 through 14 and uh, examine kind of what it, what's Paul talking about and how do we actually do this? How do we forgive one another and forbear with one another? So Colossians 3 uh, verses 12 through 14 says this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So that's the passage that Paul gives us. So what is he trying to say to us? A couple years ago, Betsy and I had the opportunity to go to San Francisco. And as a part of that trip, uh, we decided to do what we were encouraged to do by some friends, and that is to go visit the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, I don't know if you had the chance to do that, but the Golden Gate Bridge is a pretty impressive um, experience to see up close. So we had driven it before, but this time we actually rented bicycles, and along this far side of the bridge, there's actually a bike trail that you can ride across the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's quite the experience to do that, to cross the Golden Gate Bridge on a bicycle. As I was preparing and thinking through and praying through this message, the idea struck me that what Paul is talking about here, he's kind of given instruction. He's, he's telling us how we can build a bridge to other people to be able to offer forgiveness to them. It's very similar to what it's like to cross the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, how do we build this bridge and cross from one side to the other? How do we be the ones who are offering forgiveness to someone else? And I begin with this. Have you been hurt? Of course you have. We all have. Every one of us have had situations in life where things didn't uh, turn out the way we expected and people didn't treat us the way they should treat us. We have been mistreated. We have, there have been situations, all of us have had situations where we've been hurt. And today we're learning about building a bridge to a better future, to mended relationships and a healthy soul. Paul gives us the plan for building the bridge. He tells us 
how we can do it. And building a bridge to maintain, mend, and heal relationships. Today, Jesus is inviting us. Hey, I want you to build a bridge to healthy relationships. In this passage, he talks, he uses two different terms, forbear and forgive. I want to talk about those two terms and what they mean. Forbearing, by the way, both terms really are similar in terms of the discipline, the act required by us. But forbearing is our response to present and ongoing offenses. It's like this is happening right now and I'm having to put up with it over and over again. In fact, that's what the term means. It means to put up with, tolerating something, to tolerate when people fail or they don't meet our expectations and when they do it over and over again. It literally, this word literally means to hold something back. And so in essence, when we're forbearing, we're holding back our judgment on people, even though we have to do it over and over again. And there's a present tense uh, situation. It's, It's like ongoing. And then forgiving is our response to past offenses, like something somebody has done to us in the past. And the root word for this is the same word that we get the word grace from. And so what does it mean? It means offering grace like Jesus, graciously and freely giving grace to people. So what does it mean to forbear and forgive? In my own life, I've encountered people who have these situations where they're having to forbear and forgive. I want to tell you about a couple of different friends and the situations that they've navigated. One is a gentleman who is some years ago went through a really um, painful divorce and they had a child and so the joint custody with the child was uh, challenging in every way and in the midst of all of that uh, he and I were in a men's group together and praying with each other and getting to know each other and in that setting Uh, The question was asked to all the people, all the guys that were gathered about our own lives, and the question was asked, um, are you finding it difficult to forgive? And we went around the room and answered, and when it got to my friend, his response was this, I'm not so much finding it hard to forgive as I'm finding it hard to keep forgiving. Every day is something new I have to forgive. Forgiving once I think would be easy, but doing it over and over and over again, it's really, really hard. And then I have another friend, a young lady. She was raised in a home that um, her parents were um, um, in a challenging situation and there was substance abuse and and, uh, she was not physically abused, but raised in a home that was very dysfunctional. And today she's in a healthy relationship with her husband and they have children of their own and and she's following and serving Jesus and serves here at our church. Um, But she still has relationship with with her family that she was raised in and with her parents. And there's incredible brokenness there and the pain that's associated. And in many ways, she's done everything she knows to forgive her parents and doesn't hold a grudge against them for the pain that they've experienced and the difficulties and and weaknesses that they have and the challenges that they have. But she said to me this week even, I have family members who continue to wound me to the point where it's affecting my own family and my children and my marriage. And do I have to continue to put myself in a position to be hurt? And so I don't know where you kind of find yourself today. 
Maybe you're like one of those two friends of mine, or maybe you're in something completely different. Forgiveness is something hard to wrap our head around. And it's, there's not one size fits all. There's all kinds of hurt and pain. And, and God doesn't expect us to put ourselves in abusive situations and, and do nothing but take abuse. At the same time, he does expect us to forgive and to forbear and to offer this wonderful discipline of grace towards people who are wounding us. And I don't know where you are today, but somehow I just want you to know that whether you identify with the examples I gave or, or something different for your unique situation, it, it's impossible for me standing here today to say I know exactly how this applies to everyone because we are so different and our lives are so different and the experiences that we have are so different. But I do know that we've all experienced hurt. And we are all in a situation where we can offer forgiveness to somebody else. And so my prayer for all of us today is that somehow as we read and study this passage and as, as you contemplate what God would be saying to you, that he would speak individually to each and every one of you in such a way that you'd be able to apply the principles that we talk about today. And you'd be able to walk across the bridge and say, I'm going to extend forgiveness to somebody else. Well, building a bridge begins on our side of the bridge. That's where it begins. It begins with us. Verse 12, Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. But these three words at the beginning, chosen, holy, and beloved, these are the words that Paul uses to address them. So what do they mean? Chosen, holy, and beloved. You know, these are terms that are used to describe Israel. And this chosen is part of that. This holy, by the way, that doesn't mean holier than thou. Okay? It doesn't mean that. What it means, you know what holy means? It means set apart for something. It means having a special assignment or an important assignment. And beloved, this term beloved, it means the target of God's reckless and scandalous love. We are that. We are chosen, holy, and beloved. That's what he's saying. Hey, this is who you are. I, I think this is there are some doctrinal elements to what this is, but I think it's less about doctrine and it's more about our identity. Paul is, in a way, he's reminding us whose we are. He's saying, hey, don't forget, we subscribe to a different set of values. Don't forget who we are and whose we are. Jesus said that often. Jesus had a habit of, one of his favorite phrases when he was on earth teaching was, you've heard it say, but I say unto you, that was his way of saying, hey, we have a different set of rules. We have a different set of standards. We have a different set of values. And one of my favorite that applies to this is in Matthew 5, 43 and 44. It says, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus said, you've heard it said one way. I'm telling you something different. Paul's reminding us, don't forget, you're holy, you're chosen, you're beloved. We have a different set of values. We are people who love our enemies. Did you hear that? We love our enemies. We love those who hate us and hurt us. So we forbear them. We put up with them and we forgive them. 
Second idea Paul is saying in this, what starts on our side of the bridge is that Paul, interestingly enough, he's addressing the one who is to forbear and forgive, not the one who caused the problem. You know, we can't control what people do. And people are going to hurt us. And too often we focus our attention on them. I wish you'd stop and I wish this would change. And Paul says, wait a minute. Building a bridge starts on our side of the bridge. It starts where we are. We're the ones who can forgive and forbear. It begins with us. And we begin this process. The Jesus way starts with us. On our side of the bridge. So, what is it in your life today? What relationship, what person, what situation is causing the pain? And you say, okay, starts with me because of whose I am because I'm the one who can control myself and my actions I'm going to start on my side of the bridge but it doesn't end with that building a bridge requires certain attributes and attitudes or maybe you'd say if you were building the Golden Gate Bridge it requires certain materials that's what it is so in verse 12 Paul says this put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. This list is also mirrored elsewhere uh, in, in Scripture, but in actually Ephesians 4 as well. But this list, I don't believe it's an exhaustive. Paul, Paul's not listing every characteristic. What he's doing is just saying this is descriptive of the kind of things we need to be exhibiting if we're going to build a bridge towards healing. He's saying, this is what love looks like. You know that, right? This is what love looks like. Someone has called these terms in the Ephesians passage, Christian graces. I love that term. This is what followers of Jesus act like. Also, this, this term he uses at the beginning, put on. He's saying to put on these things, compassionate hearts. Kind of. So what does this mean? It's, it's like they're putting on clothing. They're, they're, they're putting on a wardrobe. They're dressing themselves up with these things, with these qualities. Think about that. Paul's saying, hey, you want to build a bridge towards somebody to, to build healing to them? You want to offer forgiveness? Or you want to forbear somebody? You got to put on you got to dress yourself. you got to get a wardrobe that looks really pretty because it looks like love, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So what does it look like to get dressed up? You know, the best place you see people dressed up is at a wedding. People just get dressed up. I did a wedding a few weeks ago, Chris and Brittany, and I called on, I texted them on Thursday. The wedding was on a Saturday. I texted on Thursday. I said, hey, Chris, can I talk to Brittany? I want to get some details on the wedding. He said, no, she's at the hairdresser all day today on Thursday for a Saturday wedding. Thinking, wow, that's dressed up. I think we've got a picture of them as well, Chris and Brittany at the wedding, all dressed up. You know what? That's what we need to look like. Like, put on our best. We got compassionate hearts. We got kindness, a gentleness and meekness and patience. Paul's saying, put on your best. You know why? Because we're all dressed up and we've got somewhere to go. We've got a bridge to cross. 
We've got a relationship to heal. Is your wardrobe like really nice? Compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Is that the wardrobe that you're wearing today? Paul says, put it on. Take off the grave clothes. Put on the grace clothes. Put on the wardrobe that Jesus has for us. Well, building the bridge also requires something to hold it up and, and pull it together. And that something is found in verse 14, the end of this passage. It says, above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This term binds everything together, it gives the idea that all of these things are wrapped in love. Another way to look at it is, Love is the wrapping, and what's carrying this, uh, what it's wrapped around, what's inside of it, is all those attributes that we identified. And it's an it's a, the list of those things could be exhaustive. It could be infinite. But it's wrapped in love. Love is the descriptor of it all. You know, crossing that Golden Gate Bridge, let me tell you, that bridge is way bigger than it looks like in a picture. And the cables holding, that's a suspension bridge. The cables holding that bridge are incredible. In fact, I want you to see what it looks like. This is one of the cables that they've taken a cross section of. It's massive. The length is like 7,000 feet. And by the way, can you see on the inside? Do you know what it is on the inside? It's thousands of tiny cables, tiny to compared to the big one. But it's a lot of little cables on the inside wrapped in a, in a wrapping. You know what, that's exactly what Paul is saying. Like, take all of, these, all of these characteristics and attributes of love and wrap them with love, and that's what carries us. It's, it's threads of action, not chains. It's threads that provide a synergy around the many actions that amplify and further demonstrate our love. It's acts of grace not rules of law. It's threads, not chains that demonstrate love. And now to the point Jesus is, I mean, excuse me, Paul is making, or Jesus is making through Paul. It's really the point of everything that he's said until now. It begins with us. It has these certain ingredients. It's got to be wrapped with love. But he gets to this idea. We cross the bridge to bring healing to others. This is how we do it. We have to cross the bridge. Verse 13 says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. They're really the same discipline, the same act on our part. One's putting up with over and over again, and one is forgiving a past act. But the Christian discipline on our side, I believe, is the same or very, very similar. And it's a difficult challenge. And I, again, in this situation, it's impossible for me to apply it to everyone. And, and none of this is a, a mandate to accept abuse from people around us. That's not what Paul is saying here. But he is saying there's a chance for us to cross the bridge and offer healing to people, even if they don't realize it, even if they're not asking. We can offer healing and forgiveness to people. The tense used in both of these terms, it's, it, it describes something that's ongoing and never stops, unfortunately. 
It's like ongoing all the time, forgiving. And it's motivated by what we experience from our Heavenly Father. This is what motivates it. Our experience from Him. Verse 13 says, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. So what motivates us to forgive? We've been forgiven. That's why we forgive. Why would we cross the bridge? Because He crossed the bridge. He came to us. And how has God forgiven us? It's very costly for Him. And He gave it graciously, and freely to us. You can only imagine today that there are some who are listening to this, saying to yourself, man, I... I've not experienced that forgiveness that Jesus offers. I'm asking questions. I'm curious. I'm exploring what it means to be a follower of Christ, but I've really never done that. And I want to tell you today, you've come to the right place to ask questions and to explore what Jesus has to offer you. One of the greatest gifts Jesus offers to all of us is forgiveness that is complete and it's gracious and it's free. I don't have to earn my forgiveness. It's, it's, it's earned on my behalf by Jesus. And he gives it to us. And today, if you're here at the John Young campus and, and, and you have yet to take that step towards Jesus and put your faith in him and to give your life to him, or maybe even you're watching today and you've just, you've not, you want to talk about it or you've been, been questioning or wondering about it, but you've just not had the nerve to do it. Today is the date for you to do that. And it's a simple response to him. Some people call it a prayer, but it, I don't want to scare you with that term. It's just a conversation. It's saying something to God that says, I want to follow Jesus and I want to be clean from the sins of my past. And he receives us all. You know how I know? Because he received me. And he received you, many of you, no matter who you are today. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the forgiveness that we're talking about, but to experience that forgiveness from our Heavenly Father. And why would we cross the bridge to somebody who's hurt us? Why would we not just draw a line instead? I'll never have anything to do with you. And and we, we don't control how people respond, and not every relationship can be reconciled but we can always forgive, always forgive, because Jesus always forgives us. In June of 2015, excuse me, June of 2017, a young man entered Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. When he entered the church, they were having a Bible study. And he actually sat through the hour-long Bible study. Participated. He even talked with the people in the room and gave some answers and responses to stuff. Even at one point, had a different opinion from the people in the room. And when it was over, as, as they concluded their time of Bible study, the pastor closed them in prayer. And when the prayer was over, this young man began to commit a horrific crime on the people in the room, and he took the lives of nine people who were part of that Bible study with him for the past more than an hour. And he took their lives. It created the most horrific scene at that church that you can possibly imagine. 
and he eluded police for about a day, and the next day he was uh, apprehended a few hundred miles away from where the crime took place. A couple days after that, he was, had his first appearance in court. And that day, the appearance in court was not in person. This was pre-COVID. It had nothing to do with COVID. But for his safety and the way things worked, they actually had the, the hater, the perpetrator, on a video. He's looking at a camera, and he can see the courtroom. And the people in the courtroom can see him on a screen. And the story that some of the families of the victims tell is that they were worried about what they might say in that moment. And so they agreed together to kind of hold their words to themselves and not say things that they shouldn't say. Let's try to be as quiet as possible. You can imagine the pain that they were feeling and the hurt that they were feeling and the risk that they were trying to measure to not say something that would be the wrong thing to say at the wrong time. But that day, the judge did something that nobody expected. The judge actually called on people who were the family members of the victims. And he said, hey, would you like to say something to the man who committed this crime? And the first person that he called on was a lady named Nadine Collier. And Nadine lost her mother, Ethel Lance, who was there for the Bible study that night. And Nadine was the first one to speak, and she went to speak to the perpetrator and said these words, I forgive you. You took something really precious from me. I'll never talk to her again. I'll never hold her again but I forgive you. In the moments that passed, several other family members offered, <clears throat> offered the same kind of forgiveness to this hate-filled perpetrator. Not all of them, but some of them did. Shortly after that, black pastor and writer named A.R. Bernard, I think he pastors in Brooklyn, New York, he wrote this, some people see the forgiveness as, as submission to centuries of oppression and hatred against black people. But if we look closely, that act of forgiveness demonstrated great courage. That act of forgiving people, even when they do what they do in ignorance, is the greatest act of love and the greatest act of release that anyone could ever experience. You see, what Pastor Bernard is saying is that in the midst of unbelievable pain and grief, when they had every right and reason to say, I'm drawing a line, they built a bridge. And they said, I forgive you. And the reason they did it these people didn't do it because they had to. They didn't do it to gain popularity. In fact, Nadine said, I still can't believe I said it, but I know what it was in my heart because I follow Jesus and Jesus has forgiven me. One lady even said, 
And I don't want him to die. I want him to have time to meet Jesus before he dies, and maybe on the other side we'll be together. Only Jesus makes us like that. And that's crossing a bridge. You can applaud it. It's incredible. That's the Jesus way. The Jesus way is way different than man's way. We cross a bridge, a really hard bridge to cross. So what bridge do you need to cross today? What relationship is there in your life? Again, I can't pretend to know. And some of you, I know you have walked through horrific circumstances and pain that no person should have to experience. But you have. And I just want to encourage you somehow, may, may God's Spirit strengthen you and, and fill you with His grace and His love so that you can take this step across the bridge. And instead of drawing a line, you can take a step across a bridge and say, I want to extend forgiveness to you. And some of you, there may even be people who, who, are, who have already died that they're not in a place where you can speak to them. But you can still offer forgiveness. No matter what it takes. What bridge do you need to cross today? And I know it's hard, especially for some of you. Can I remind you? We're not alone when we cross that bridge. There is one who crossed that bridge to all of us. This week as I've prayed through and contemplated this message, you can't do so without remembering everything Jesus has forgiven me of. I know Jesus can forgive because I've experienced it myself. And man, it's awesome to have the freedom. I can extend forgiveness to anyone because someone has extended forgiveness to me today. We don't walk across that bridge by ourselves. Today, He is with us. He is, you know what He is? He's the way maker for us. You don't see a way you can cross that bridge to offer forgiveness to somebody. It's okay. Just say to Jesus, just take me one step at a time. I'll take them as you, as you lead me, as you help me. I want to offer forgiveness today. I want you to experience forgiveness. And for the many of you who have already experienced the forgiveness, I want you to extend it and, ex and be able to experience the freedom that for offering forgiveness to somebody else gives to you. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to stand and together we're going to, we're going to sing again a part of this song, Waymaker. We're going to believe it with all of our hearts that Jesus is going to make ways, even maybe this week, for us to cross that bridge and offer forgiveness to someone who needs it from us. Let's pray. God, would you your spirit move up and down the seats throughout this room I know there's pain and hurt and guilt and difficulty and challenge I know it's everywhere in living rooms around the world in kitchen tables or bedrooms there's people watching and you're speaking to them may your grace fill the room may your presence be so real God, may they find you 
those who are seeking you today, may they experience you in new and meaningful ways. And for the many of us who, today's the day we're gonna offer forgiveness to somebody, would you help us? Give us the strength to take the steps across the bridge and help us to be people who do things the Jesus way. We offer forgiveness, not drawing a line. May we be that kind of people. I pray God, fill us with your gracious spirit that we might represent Jesus just the same way he walked across the bridge for us that we might walk across the bridge to others. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.